Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When someone walks up to you and says, can I talk to you for a minute? We've got a problem. How do you respond? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Hey, so glad you're with us here as we're early into season 14 and wanted to give a shout out to Steve. Steve, I know you're listening. Uh, met Steve in person, a longtime listener of the show. First time we got to meet Steve in person, I was up at a conference where Steve is an executive association executive for a group of broadcasters up in South Dakota. And uh, so Steve in South Dakota, thanks for listening and thanks for spreading the word. And I'd love to connect with you if you find us uh, in person, uh, out at conference near you or anything that's going on, please come up and say hi. It's always a pleasure to meet you in person and uh, answer questions or find out what's on your mind. So today we're talking about problems and solving the right problems and getting back to work. So how do we solve the right problem quickly and get ourselves and our team back to work? When people are confronted with problems, a lot of times, uh, you know, you get one or two reactions and managers will get frustrated and lash out at their people. Uh, Just take care of it. What's the matter with you? That kind of thing. Or if you're more of a pleaser manager in our winning well language, uh, you run back and forth searching for answers that are going to get their boss or customer or employee off their back. And of course, neither of those are productive. So what are we after? How are we going to take responsibility for solving problems solving the right problems, determining the best person to own the problem, and working to resolve it there. So I want to give you a quick example when we talk about solving the right problems. Uh, Pancha, and that's uh, Pancha is not her real name, uh, but Pancha was a respected nurse manager who treated her staff well, ran an efficient unit, and was good with patients. But her staff were upset because patient satisfaction scores had declined over the past two months. So Pancha does a little digging, tracked down what was a relatively minor issue? Patients were cold. And Frank, the manager responsible for inventory and equipment, wasn't getting the blankets washed and distributed every morning. And this was clearly a part of his job description. But when Pancha spoke with him about it, she discovered that the surgery center administrator, Don, whom they both reported to, had given Frank other priorities for his early morning work. Frank was a pleaser manager type and didn't want to question his boss. So now Poncha and her employees were being held accountable for the consequences of a problem they could not solve directly. Does this sound familiar? Everybody runs into these kinds of situations. And there these kinds of inefficiencies and the potential conflicts, they happen in every organization. Decision by one person affects the results and the welfare of employees uh, in other areas in unforeseen ways. So it's a reality of organizational life, and it can frustrate even the most calm and unflappable managers. So in this case, Poncha let Frank know that she would be speaking with Don and invited him to come along. So I'm going to go speak with our supervisor. Uh, 
why don't you come with me? So when they had the conversation, Pancha framed the issue in terms that resonated with Don. She said, we have an issue that can negatively impact revenue by 5 to 10% over the next six months. Once she captured Don's attention with something that he cared about, she was able to explain the situation and propose solutions. Don agreed. Frank was happy to do what he was told to do, and the patients got their blankets. So I want to break this down a little bit in terms of this is a real-life situation. Changed Poncha's name, uh, but the situation actually happened, and the, the, there was some coaching along the way. So real-life situation, what all happened here? Poncha demonstrated this problem-solving principle of taking responsibility without owning other people's problems. So when you take responsibility, you ask, how can I make this better? Then determine who actually owns the problem. In this case, Frank could have owned the problem, but it wasn't Poncha's job to change Frank. She didn't own someone else's problem. When she asked herself, how can I make this better? It was clear that she needed to talk to Don. She took responsibility, located the problem with its proper owner, phrased the problem in terms that were meaningful to the person who owned it, and then shared possible solutions. So it's a, a good way to approach these things in terms of how you take responsibility, how you own a problem without taking responsibility for someone else's problem. Asking that question, how can I make this better than finding the real owner? Now, so that's finding the real owner and taking responsibility. Now let's talk about finding the real problem because it's very common that managers will waste tons and tons of time in these vain attempts to solve the wrong problem. So part of the key is when you're first presented with a problem, you don't just want to jump right in and reactively try to go to solutions right away. You want to pause, ask questions, and then figure out the real issue. So imagine if when Pancha first heard that her nurses were upset and she re immediately responded the way that many managers do, saying something like, satisfaction scores are down. All right, let's work on that. Move faster. Be nicer. Her solution would frustrate her staff and mask the actual problem. Scores might even briefly improve, but they wouldn't be sustainable, and then that would exacerbate everything. So when you're presented with a problem, avoid the inclination to react immediately. When people bring you, what people bring you is likely a symptom of the problem, not the problem itself. So pause, get curious, ask questions, get all the relevant facts. And here are some specific questions you can ask to figure out what is the real problem and not waste your time, which you don't have enough of to begin with, addressing symptoms. So first question is, what is different than expected? And I learned this one from, uh, it's an old book, but really good, uh, good books called The Rational Manager by uh, Charles Kepner and Benjamin Trigo. And they define a problem as a deviation from some standard of performance. Okay. There's a way we expect things to be. There's a deviation from that. We've got a problem. What didn't go the way you expected? So when Pancha asked, what is different than expected? It was obvious that the overall patient satisfaction scores were lower than they had expected. All right. So that's what's changed. Second question, what has not changed? And this is a critical step that most managers will skip altogether. When you identify a problem, it's helpful to know what has not changed. This helps you eliminate issues that you don't need to concern yourself with. For example, when Poncha understood the scores had dropped, she asked, which scores? 
Is it all of them or just a few? As she examined all the data, it was clear that most of the scores had held steady and just those around comfort had changed. This helped her narrow her problem solving. The issue wasn't speed or quality of care, but comfort. And then question three, why, why, and why? Once you've limited the problem to what it is and what it is not, then you look for causes by asking why. And yes, you'll often have to ask several times. So Poncha asked, why have patient comfort scores declined over the past two months? When she asked her staff for their thoughts, no one could come up with an answer that fit the problem, changes that only impacted comfort and occurred only in the past two months. From there, she pulled the patient surveys for the previous four months and examined every form that rated comfort as average or below, and discovered that in the two months prior to the drop, low comfort scores had a wide range of issues, all with low frequency. But starting two months ago, 50% of the low comfort scores mentioned coldness or the lack of a blanket. Now she had a lead. Notice that she still didn't know the actual problem. What she discovered was a symptom. Patients weren't receiving blankets. She had to ask why again in order to figure out that Frank wasn't supplying them the way he used to. She had to ask why one more time to determine that Don had given Frank competing priorities and that Frank wasn't willing to speak up about it himself. Only at that point did Poncha find the real problem. All right, so now you've identified the real problem. You've taken responsibility. You've taken ownership. You've taken responsibility. You've figured out what the real problem is. Now you've got another choice to make, and that is, do you need to solve this? Because not every problem needs a solution. And so, again, resist the urge, one of those push-pause moments as a leader here, resist the urge to immediately jump in with solutions. You can do some quick analysis and figure out whether or not you should spend any more time on it at all. So what do I mean by this? Well, some just some quick back-of-the-napkin kind of math here. When you're looking at problems, first question you want to ask, how likely is this problem to occur in the future? If it's a freak, unlikely event that no amount of planning could have changed, or is it something that is clearly 100% going to happen again? So if you had to put a percentage chance on the probability that the problem will happen again in the next week or quarter or year, what is that probability? So for Pancha, it's 100%. If nothing changes, it's 100% that patients are going to continue to be cold. Okay, question two, what's the magnitude of the damage if the problem does happen again? And you can start with a qualitative type measure. If the problem happens again, what's the impact on your group or the organization? Negligible, not good, bad, very bad, or disastrous? So you can try to quantify the label you use. So if you say bad, for example, what does that mean in terms of your metrics? Either money, time, people, customer, client impact, and so on. So once you know the likelihood that the problem will recur and the magnitude of the impact when it does, multiply the two. So, for instance, again, Pancha had determined the problem was 100% likely to happen again, and the impact was bad, to the tune of 5 to 10% lost revenue over the next six months. And that would only get worse as the problem continued. So that's the math that she shared with Don. And looking at their revenue and applying that against, she came up, this is a $7.5, $7.5 million potential problem over the course of six months. Well, that's significant. Don decided that math made sense to address they're going to address it, okay? 
And then the third question is you're looking if the problem really is something that you can directly address or not. Then you got to figure out, is it best to prevent the problem or to mitigate the impact of the problem? So in this instance, let's say that the problem was the patients are being cold, right? So they could have mitigated the impact of the problem by maybe having staff call the patients and apologize for the lack of blankets, but that's not going to be sufficient. So mitigating in this case wouldn't make sense. Uh, another approach, maybe they could have turned up the heat, but that has consequences too. So it's going to cost more. Uh, you're going to make other patients uncomfortable. It, it you know, in, it reduces the customization, right? So you have choices to make here. The only solution possible was not only that Frank does more blankets. There are a number of different options. So is it best to prevent the problem? In this case, they said yes. It's going to make more sense to solve the problem and reassign priorities to free up Frank for blanket duty. So this is an easy example uh, that as you're looking at problems to take a look at how you can take responsibility, figure out what is the real problem, and then move to decide whether or not it needs a solution and if that solution is preventing or mitigating the problem itself. And this kind of just taking a moment, taking a beat to sit there and think through these three categories, these three questions, will help you and help your team solve the right problems quickly, make the biggest difference for yourself, your results, and ultimately get back to work. And so as we wrap up this episode, I want to thank Pancha again for bringing this, this workplace challenge to our attention uh, and looking for help as she was figuring out how to approach it, how to deal with it. And uh, we all are able to learn and grow with Pancha. So thank you, Pancha. Appreciate your leadership in this situation. And uh, listeners, figure out how you can take responsibility. What is the real problem? What does the successful resolution of that problem look like? Does it need to be solved? Can it be mitigated? Do you need to bother? Or is it such a low likelihood or a low impact that you can just ignore it? Sometimes that's the right answer. So take responsibility, define the real problem, figure out the solution, and be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.